Well, well, well. Daleks, without the power to kill, how does it feel? Keep away! Keep away! And if I don't, what will you do? Your weapons are totally useless. Affected by the same energy blackout that has stranded us. The power failure is temporary. Superior Dalek technology will overcome interference shortly. Meanwhile, you will obey our orders. You're not in a position to give any orders. No. No, we're all in this together. All equal. All powerless. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today we're talking about something about the Daleks. Uh, Death. Death of the Daleks. Death to the Daleks. To the Daleks. I was close. Yeah, pretty close. Death to the Daleks was written by Terry Nation. Directed by Michael Bryant, produced by Barry Letts, and aired February 23rd, 1974 to March 16th, 1974. I'm hoping you will. Do you recognize the name Terry Nation? Yes. Do you have any any inkling? He's the, he's the Dalek guy. He is the Dalek guy, yes. Uh, he wrote The Daleks, Keys of Marinus, Dalek Invasion of Earth, The Chase, the good parts of the Dalek Master Plan, and Planet of the Daleks. Okay, okay, so good track record. I, I think I think we're in good hands with this one. So yeah, I don't feel any sort of trepidation. My hand is not trembling, so I think I think we're good. Yeah, it might be the NyQuil side in, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's either the NyQuil... Or just the solid brick of peyote that I downed before we started <laughs> recording. It's really hard to tell. Any fun trivia before we begin? Before we begin, not really. I'm just like, it's Terry Nation, so I should be like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. I'm excited. But like, is it weird that I'm just like, I'm tired? <laughs> yeah. Like the the third Doctor is just kind of meh for the most part. Some like. Yeah, we've we've got Uncle Terry guiding our hand right now, but I'm not sure if that's going to help because I remember really liking Planet of the Daleks when we watched it. I'm having difficulty remembering anything that actually happened in it, and I think the third Doctor at the moment is just kind of like a black hole. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like he has officially just mixed everything together. Yeah, and I, I, I very much feel the same way. I very much feel tired by the third Doctor. Uh, still, personality-wise, I really like him. I think I actually like the second Doctor more. <laughs> the The closer we get, the or really, the farther along we get in the third Doctor, the more I like the second Doctor. But yeah, I'm just tired. Everything is starting to run together. Everything is kind of feeling like a slog, even the short episodes. Yeah. On that cheery note, <laughs> Caleb... Given everything you know about Doctor Who, and given the title of this episode, Death to the Daleks, what do you think this episode is going to be about? As much as I want to say it's going to be the Doctor genociding the 
Daleks again. I was going to say, he's done that like three times. <laughs> uh, I actually think it's going to be something different. I think the Daleks are going to have another thing where uh, they've got their own time machine and they're traveling back in time to kill the Doctor as he's appearing on Scaro or some other Doctor Dalek-infested Earth and the future Daleks meet the old Daleks and like, oh, we fucking hate these guys. We gotta, we gotta exterminate them. So I think it's the Daleks killing each other. Honestly, solid. Solid prediction of Daleks meeting other Daleks and hating those Daleks for not being <laughs> Dalek-y enough. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> this guy's an asshole, he says, pointing at the mirror. <laughs> it's a good guess. You'll be very relieved to know this is a four-parter. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. Without further ado... On that note, let's get going. And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was one week for us. And what a week it was. <laughs> Quick trip drinking game. <laughs> How many times does Caleb say what a week it was? Drink when he says based. <laughs> Drink when he says this is a blank podcast now. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. You haven't. It's true. I think I pointed it out to you and suddenly it just kind of like dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but that also, there's only so many times I can say this is a Futurama podcast now. I know. It. I'm sure it gets really tiring hearing this is a Futurama podcast now, like, every other episode. Mac and I watch precisely two shows. It's not my fault Futurama is the perfect sci-fi experience, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's not my fault Futurama has done a parody of every single sci-fi thing, and thus, it has every single sci-fi thing in it. (laughs) (laughs) So, Caleb... Talked about it a little bit before this, but uh, what did you think of this episode that is smack dab in the middle of my ranking list? When I went to write the show notes, I was like, I really don't remember all that much about this episode that I just watched yesterday. And then I read the notes, I was like, oh yeah, because nothing happened. Yeah. Basically the whole time. Yeah. And then the things that did happen were just very weird. (laughs) It was kind of disappointing in terms of Terry Nation episodes. Because, like, I'd call this the worst Terry Nation one, except that he he wrote the original The Daleks, so... Eh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too long, didn't listen. I think my biggest problem with this one is that it introduces a couple of cool concepts, and it was Terry Nation writing it, so I thought he might actually, like, do something with them. But not really. Yeah. I feel like the big problem is, like, it had some really cool sci-fi concepts and and then the daleks were there and with it being a four episode arc we just couldn't split between the two i feel like this story would have been enjoyable if the daleks weren't really in it and we kind of saw more of what the city is all like but we'll get to that later so yeah if they had gone in a different direction yeah i think i think daleks were completely unnecessary that being said the thing that I was like, ooh, okay, that made me want to keep watching, did involve the Daleks, and wouldn't have been able to work without the Daleks in it, but we'll we'll get to that. 
But uh, shall we? Shall we go ahead and get started? Yeah, I'm just gonna dive right in. Episode one. I and everyone, if I seem low energy, I made a mistake and stayed up really late last night, and I'm not. I I'm not a young man anymore. I'm not a. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, let me check my uh, let me check my Texases real quick. Yeah, you've been up for maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> and I've already had one cup of coffee, and I'm only I'm only. I'm one foot in the grave now instead of both feet in the grave. <laughs> Alright, anyways, episode one. Part one. I was gonna say, Caleb, come on. I know, fuck, I gotta get it right. The first thing we see is some guy getting got by an arrow as he runs away. Cut to the doctor and Sarah as they prepare for a little beach trip on Florana when suddenly all of the power on the TARDIS runs out. They can't even get a flashlight to work. The two go exploring, but both are pursued or captured by mysterious robed figures. The Doctor manages to escape his bonds and runs into a Marine Space Corps expedition, who reveal they are on this planet, Exelon, not Florana, to get a mineral called Perinium. Fuck, I can't read this morning. When the Doctor asks if they have seen his friend, they worry that she may have stumbled on their native Exelon's sacred temple, which is forbidden on punishment of death. A spaceship appears, and the humans think it is their backup. However, it is a group of Daleks, and they are ready to exterminate right out of the gate. Yeah, episode opens and like they're getting ready for their beach trip and I'm like, all right, bathing suit Sarah, I see you. Yeah, okay, okay, I get it. But then my sub note is I, I'm really hoping she does change into more practical clothes during the adventure though, because if we're going to make this poor girl be in a bathing suit the entire story, that's, that's going to put just a huge ick factor on the entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> Luckily, she does change into warmer and more practical clothes, but still. This is totally unrelated, but I fucking hate the fact that British people call flashlights torches. <laughs> I hate it so much. But Caleb, it's such an obvious, like, evolution of, like, our version of a torch. Like, no. yeah, it's, it's, it's a stick that provides light, of course. It's a torch. I fucking, I hate British people so much. <laughs> and yes, just so everyone knows, every time the show does it, I get pissed off. <laughs> Do you get equally as pissed off every time they uh, call an elevator a lift? Yes, actually. <laughs> or a gas station, a petrol station? That one less. Um, I think for me, I was like, eh, it's the 70s. Who cares? Well, they still call it petrol station as far as I know. Oh, fuck, fuck you, British people. <laughs> they call chips crisps and fries chips. Brits, you have dog shit food <laughs> and dog shit names for them. <laughs> British people are like, that's not true. We, um... Well, we don't have dog shit names for them. <laughs> I remember very distinctly back when I was on Twitter it was a big deal because a Popeyes had opened in London and then all these British people were just mel melting down over how spicy the chicken sandwich was it's like dude it's just pepper <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of nice having that though of just like you can point to British people and be like ugh fucking white people <laughs> <laughs> Brits you're making us look bad and then, like, because it's Doctor Who, obviously they land somewhere where the Doctor didn't intend for them to land. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. We need to, we need to like, have conflict or whatever. I still would have been absolutely down for this just being the Doctor Who Beach episode. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who Beach Party. Tell me that the Doctor does not have one of those, like, full-body striped bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> With the little fucking leather cap thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would have been totally content with that episode where they went to the beach and they had to do like a surf competition with the alien beach bros. Yes. I would have I would have one hundred percent down with that. <laughs> this is a very meandery episode. It was a weirdly meandery episode for the first part of a four-parter. Mm-hmm. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah, because there are several points where I'm like, wow, they're just um, it's kind of walking, walking around. around. <laughs> yeah. So they they went out onto Exelon's surface, and obviously Sarah is cold because she's just in a bathing suit. And so she is about to go into the TARDIS to change into better clothes. She turns back to the doctor and says, you won't go away, will you? And doctor's like, no, of course not. I'll be right here. And she goes into the uh, TARDIS and just not even like a moment's hesitation <laughs> immediately starts wandering off and looks around. Just like, wanders away. Fuck. You can't be mad at your companions for wandering off as much as they do if you do the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> So, I, Sarah's growing on me quite a bit. Yeah. For this specific reason, she comes out, she sees the doctor is around, goes, looks for him, finds his stupid oil lamp torch, and she goes to lift it up, and she's got, and there's blood on it. Immediately goes back to the TARDIS. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Queen. <laughs> yeah. She's like, noping the fuck out of here. <laughs> Whoa, what's that over there? Looks like a whole lot of nope. Nope, it looks like a lot. Not my fucking problem. But she does get accosted by uh, the the locals. I have the note here, hell yes, Sarah beat his ass. So I'm assuming at some point she knocks one of them out. Well, she goes in the TARDIS and like the, they have to like do the crank for the door, right? Right, because it's, because it's not automated right now. And one of the things got inside and like goes up behind her and then she uh, hits it with the handle. Right. Uh, and then hits it a couple times. And I thought... Because it goes to, like, the perspective of the guy in the robe. I thought it was going to be the doctor. I thought it was going to be the doctor, too. Like, he he had had this whole off-screen off thing of, like, no, 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 they're actually friendly. These cloaks help us. Here, put on a cloak. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so she's running from them, gets in the TARDIS, cranks the door shut, sees that one is in there, hits it, cranks the door back open, and runs away. I'm like, Sarah, what the fuck are you doing? Just kill him. <laughs> Just be a murderer, Sarah. God, <laughs> all of your problems would go away if you just murdered someone. Listen, uh, I'm not saying that's true, but it's 100 percent true, uh, <laughs> especially in this context. What's what's the what's the fucking American name for that? Um, last stand laws. He's on your turf now. It's not murder anymore. <laughs> this is just self defense. <laughs> just go fucking Andrew Ryan on his ass and just beat him with this fucking crank <laughs> agreed but no so but she runs out of the tardis for some reason yeah you were this close sarah you were this close to being ben <laughs> being ben here meaning being a good companion in caleb's eyes <laughs> yes yeah this uh, i don't have a whole lot of notes for this first episode because it really is just the doctor or sarah just kind of walking around the doctor does get ambushed and then brought back to the the base for the uh, Marine Space Corps. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, is that Master Chief? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> they do like an introduction scene. Like the doctor asks for introductions and like they all go down the line and give their name and rank. And I just love that they went through this entire introductory scene and the doctor manages to just not introduce himself. 
Yeah. <laughs> Raps introductions are in order. I'm Colonel blah, blah, blah. I'm Lieutenant blah, blah, blah. I'm Sergeant blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, well, it's very nice to meet you all. Now, if you would be so kind to just explain what exactly is going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I felt like I need to make this note. But my God. Babelicious. <laughs> Lieutenant Jill Torrance. <laughs> she, she was very attractive, yes. For those of you who don't watch with us, Femshep vibes. She does kind of look like Femshep a little bit. She's got the hair. She got the hair. Yeah. But you know there's a lot going on in the episode when the only real note I have is how hot one of the <laughs> fucking side characters is. Yeah. And, and then um, Sarah is kidnapped by the Exelons. Then when she's inside their cave and they're like preparing her for sacrifice... Is this like the first time they've had their hoods down or have they had faces the entire time and I just did not notice? Because no. I kind of saw them as just like big ghillie suits when they were out and about. And then when they were in the cave, that's when I noticed that they had like masks and I wasn't sure. No, on the surface, they definitely were like covering everything. Okay. And then in the caves, just randomly, they have a fucking hole in their hood okay. <laughs> in the thing over it. Because they are bug-eyed and weird-looking. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I I wasn't just not paying attention to the slightest. Which I thought I thought there would be something about that. I thought there would be something about where like they have some sort of aversion to the sun. But I don't feel like that ever came up. Nope. And we, we meet Exelons later who aren't wearing the cloaks at all. And they have no trouble walking around the surface. So I don't know what the problem is why they have their faces covered yeah one of the many problems of this episode uh not a whole lot gets explained really at all except for the things that you don't want to hear about yeah uh speaking of not paying attention though i fucking knew that it was a dalek saucer that was landing on the planet why the fuck did the doctor not recognize the dalek ship like the humans were like oh good the reinforcements have arrived, we're saved, and, like, a ship is landing down, a ship that is very clearly not of human make, and is a type of saucer that we have seen before, and both the Doctor and the humans should recognize as a Dalek ship, and so they're, strangely enough, caught entirely by surprise when a Dalek comes off the ship, and then just kind of stand there and the Dalek like points the gun at them and says exterminate and then one of them yells out no you can't I'm like fuck it you're surrounded by <laughs> rocks hide motherfucker like you can't just stand there and be like now sir 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 it is not proper for you to shoot us on sight that is very much against protocol I must speak to your superior no, fucking hide. <laughs> Again. Fucking British. Fucking people. British people, man. God. Yeah, the only other note I have about this scene in particular is the dogs come out and they're like ready to exterminate and their little gun starts to go off and it's really uncomfortable when it's not doing anything. Yeah, cuz it's it's obvious that it's it's uh, affected by the same like power drain as everything else. So you don't actually hear any, like, tew, 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 uh, kind of shots. It's just like a... a thing pumping back and forth. I would say it's akin to uh, kind of like pumping up a, like a water gun. Yeah. Except 
strangely more erotic in the most uncomfortable way possible. Yeah, pumping up a water gun. Let's use that noise comparison as opposed to the one that was going through my head. Let's do that one. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely wasn't thinking of a fuck machine. I was definitely thinking water gun water gun (laughs) and like look i i'm poor so those are both the same thing (laughs) both equally likely to be purchased by me so (laughs) yeah part two baby part part two anything we didn't talk about just assume it involved the doctor or sarah just kind of walking around some rocks people are going to be in the comments but 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 what about this part i was like yeah the part where they were walking around rocks that's what we said uh boom part two baby the dalek machinery isn't working either and they all agree to a temporary truce though the dogs are already planning to betray the humans and don't reveal the reason they are also after the perineum everyone is quickly captured by the exons and when he is brought to their cave thing the doctor escapes just enough to save sarah the dogs build more primitive rep- weaponry and use it to easily conquer the Exons and take control. Sarah and the Doctor escape down a tunnel. The Doctor asks Sarah to wait while he explores deeper, but it doesn't take long for a strange creature to reveal itself to her. Deeper in the tunnel, deeper in the tunnels, Jesus, the Caleb. Doctor finds his own fearsome monster to deal with. Fuck, that was hard. Here's my number one big criticism for this episode, is that. Uh, I really like one of my favorite tropes just ever is anytime the bad guys and good guys have to like team up for a common goal. And so I was really looking forward to this episode being like the doctor and Daleks back to back working as a team. That does not happen. Not even remotely. That truce lasts all of five minutes. The the Daleks work with the humans a little bit more specifically one of the humans but the Doctor has, like, no interaction with the Daleks at all. The Doctor tells the humans, don't trust the Daleks. They will betray you. Work with them because you have to, but they will turn on you if given half an opportunity. Do not trust them. Um, and then he just kind of is never, never has any interactions with any of the Daleks after that. And it really feels weird. Mm-hmm. And... So that's that's what I meant earlier when I said that the part of the story I was looking forward to the most had to involve the Daleks, and in that ca- in in that sense, I I was glad they were there, but then they didn't do anything with that. Yeah, and you're right in the sense of like looking forward at the other two episodes. This is the last time the Doctor sees the Daleks until like the last scene. Yeah, like they're they're in the same room a couple times. I think in this part specifically in this part but in the next part i don't think he's around them at all and then in part four there's like one scene yeah it's bizarre and and then uh the daleks say that they're on the planet for the perineum for the same reason as the humans because the disease is also affecting the daleks and i was like hold up how the hell is this disease affecting both humans and daleks daleks are weird tiny little squid guys they do not have even the Uh, remotely similar biology and then i was like oh they're lying they're lying they're not actually affected by the disease so the issue is not that humans and daleks have are affected by the same diseases the issue is that 
the humans think that they have enough of a similar biology that they're falling for this. <laughs> the humans are stupid and maybe deserve to be exterminated by the Daleks. Maybe humans deserve to be enslaved. <laughs> <laughs> then the humans and the Daleks just kind of meander around a little bit. They they don't utilize this as what well, like actually working together with the Daleks nearly as much as they should. Because when they're ambushed by the Exelons, I kind of wanted them to, like, the Daleks aren't affected by the arrows, right? So, like, they could use the Daleks as, like, a shield while they shoot, like a like a phalanx-type situation. That would have been really cool. But they didn't, so never mind, I guess. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I need to stop coming up with good ideas. They just make me disappointed. <laughs> It's also, this story is very just disjointed because they are obviously like at a disadvantage because they can't use their technology, right? Yeah. And then the dogs just kind of invent machine guns or something. And they're like, okay, we're in charge now. And then immediately the dogs take over. Yeah, they they modify their their arms so that it shoots a ballistic, it shoots, it shoots bullets instead of, instead of laser beams. And they're like, hmm, primitive, but it will do. Although... Got to talk about this moment. Other than the artist Dalek that we've made up entirely in our heads, I think this specific Dalek might be my favorite Dalek because they're ambushed, they're being shot at by arrows, and they're kind of pinned down in this little trench, except for the Daleks who are above the trench because they're not affected by the arrows. And then this one Dalek, he just goes fucking beast mode. And it's just like, I don't care that I don't have any weapons. I don't care that I have zero means of killing these things. I'm not going to let that stop me. And he just, like, just charges to the enemy line and just goes straight at the enemy. And it's like, I don't know how I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to try. (laughs) And he just, like, single-handedly barrels towards the enemies. And then, obviously, they, like, overwhelm him and destroy him. But I'm like... Look at the balls on that dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I kind of wish that Daleks like had a self-destruct feature cuz then he could have been like Kamikaze Dalek. Like I don't care if I die as long as I exterminate you with me. Like <laughs> But that's the funny thing. Literally in the next episode, they do have a self-destruct feature. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when I said it, I was like, "Wait, I think I have a note later about that." <laughs> but yeah, but the, a lot of the episode is just them fighting the Exelons when they're not just kind of standing around. Yeah, it's them fighting the Exelons until they're captured by the Exelons and then they're taken to the cave, and then the Doctor tries to stop Sarah being sacrificed. And they manage to knock out the doctor before he actually has a chance to do anything. And then it cuts over to, like, the doctor waking up in the cell. And Sarah is in the cell with him. And I'm like, why did they stop sacrificing yeah. Sarah? I'm not sure I understand what that was. Like, later they're like, we're going to sacrifice the both of you. And that's fine, I guess. But I don't understand why it is you stopped sacrificing Sarah. Well, you see, like, it's... It's a one-take kind of thing. Uh, if you fuck it up, you gotta start over. <laughs> we can only do one a day, and we don't have enough food to keep you in the cells for an entire day. So, we gotta do both at the same time today. So, we're d- it, it's a whole logistics thing. Don't worry about it. If you have questions, uh, ask the production manager. <laughs> oh, but 
Caleb. Like, the best part. The best part of this entire story was when the Daleks invent their their new ballistic guns and to for target practice they use tiny little mar- model tardises <laughs> and it was adorable <laughs> it's like they were shooting cans in the back in the backyard but it was tardises <laughs> it, was really, it was really cute <laughs> yeah i saw that i was like boy the doctor just lives rent free in the dalek's <laughs> minds forever <laughs> man th- this era has just like scarred me because not that I'm happy about Delgado's death or anything. Obviously, I'm not. But it's kind of reassuring that we don't have to deal with the Master because I just like had the the 100% pure thought as I was watching this that the High Priest is going to turn out to be the Master. Most definitely. But then it wasn't. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot for a second. We don't have any more Master stories. <laughs> There's a, there's a certain point where, like, the Doctor ends up, like, invading their city and you see, like, one of the Exelons watching from the console. Yeah. That would be the moment where I'm like, that's the Master. Yeah, that Exelon that's watching from the console. Yeah, I'll, very important, dude. We'll get, we'll get to that. Anyway. <laughs> okay, here's another big problem I have with this story. I forget what rank he is. I think, it, I think he was a captain. There's a captain among the humans who's very... Machiavellian. He's very needs of the many outweigh needs of the few. Mm-hmm. And the episode keeps like trying to make me feel like he's the bad guy, like he's with the Daleks and everything. And I'm like, but he's right though. Like and like every single scene that he's in, they try to frame him as the bad guy. I'm like, but why are you booing me? He's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. No, for, for real, though, like, we should be focusing, it doesn't matter what happens here, we should be focusing on getting the medicine, because millions of lives are at stake. I don't, I don't care that I'm being mean right now, I don't care that, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, something negative that he does that they try to pin on him, but, like, he's working with the Daleks, and he's, like, at the beginning, they they come to a truce with the Daleks and then he continues with that truce and is like, and they're like, why are you being, why are you working so well with the Daleks? I'm like, because they're helping you mine the perineum. Remember that to thing save the millions of lives. You know, the reason we're here and like the Colonel or whatever, the, the commander who's in charge of it is like on his deathbed and he wants to appoint this other chicken-hearted guy as the as the new commander he tells the captain no no you you don't want the perineum to help people you just want the glory you're just a glory seeker and i'm like what? who fucking cares if his glory seeking saves millions of lives let him fucking seek glory to his heart's content also just based on the ending of this story no he's fucking not he literally sacrifices his life in order to save the crew, and they're like, and they treat it as like, well, I guess he could be redeemed. I guess he wasn't all bad. I'm like, assholes! What what was he bad about? He was saving <laughs> millions of lives the entire time. What are you doing? <laughs> I very much felt the same way. Uh, I thought it was weird that they were all just kind of shitting on Galloway because they're like, why would you work with the dogs? My kind of response was, 
what the fuck else am I gonna do? Not do that and get killed and fail the mission? Yeah, like... Like, he's he's a little bit gruff. He's a little bit gruff. We've seen gruffer. We've seen much more confrontational people. Like, this guy is never not reasonable, and it kind of makes me mad that this show is just like, well, he's a bit rude, isn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Again, he's also doing his job to save millions of lives. I don't understand why he's <laughs> he's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway sorry <laughs> went on a little bit <laughs> no, of a tie right there no that's a-okay because i have like basically nothing to say about this episode i was like boys not tunnels i do like how the doctor and sarah are about to be sacrificed and then uh the daleks with their new guns come in and they just like start firing and that gives the doctor and sarah a chance to like escape into the tunnels and i'm like Saved by the Daleks, gunfire really does fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb was right. Caleb was right. And then the doctor pulls some fucking Scooby-Doo bullshit. Like, all right, we're in the tunnels. Sarah, you stay here. I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> I'm going to go towards what is probably dangerous. You stay here and make sure nothing comes up from behind me. And, like, which one are you worried is going to come up behind you? The Exelons or the Daleks? Because either way... Don't think Sarah's gonna be much of a much of a roadblock there. I'm just saying, at this fucking point in the time, the doctor has been caught in how many tunnels with dangerous things. When is he just gonna get a gun? When is he just gonna be packing the whole time? <laughs> like a reasonable fucking person. <laughs> and then like Sarah gets startled by this weird warped looking uh thing, and she just like He's like, <gasps> because it's just so horrifying. And I'm like, first of all, I think he's kind of cute. Second of all, he's definitely a good guy. Like, there's just, he's definitely a good guy. And this is just for cliffhanger purposes. <laughs> Mac and I have very different definitions of cute, I think. He's got the big eyes. He's got the, he's got the big old eyes. My response was, well, that doesn't look intimidating. I don't like it, though. He's got the big old eyes. He's kind of, he's kind of short. I don't know. He's friendly. I don't think he's kind of cute. He is very short. He's not intimidating. He should have played the Sontaran. (laughs) (laughs) And then the doctor encounters something else. Some some sort of big long bug that is super relevant. The doctor encounters the big weird tentacle thing from Half-Life 1. And that's kind of it. Part 3, baby. (laughs) It's going great. The doctor manages to escape the weird monster, and the other creature explains its name is Belal, and he and his companions are also excellents that don't agree with the rugged dogma of their people. Then we get a big long info dump about the planet and how their main city became sentient or something. Then the doctor does ancient alien theory for some reason, and he agrees to go with Belal to the city to try and destroy it. He tells Sarah to stay with the marines, because once the beacon in the city is destroyed, power will be restored, and the dogs will become real dicks then. The dogs have the natives mining the perineum and send two of the humans up to the beacon to blow it up. Inside the city, the Doctor and Bilal stumble on a weird symbol, which the Doctor recognizes as a trap. When he's still in the in the tunnels, the Doctor sees or hears the Dalek come up behind him, and he, like, hides off to the side. And the Dalek, obviously, instantly gets into a fight with the with the giant tentacle. And the thing about it is, like whatever it touches kind of like explodes or ignites 
so it like keeps like stabbing at the at the Dalek. And I love the doctors just kind of like sitting on the sideline and just like he it feels like he's just like watching some sort of sports event because he like because the tentacle like hits the Dalek and uh, part of the Dalek explodes. And the doctor is just like, oh, good shot, sir. <laughs> and I really wanted him just to be like sitting on like a foldable chair with like a with like a uh, cup of tea and be like, oh, jolly good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the reason you didn't like Bilal is Bilal and uh, his his group is they reminded me of the sensorites a little bit. Yeah, they kind of had sensorite vibes. That. So when I realized that they kind of reminded me of the sensorites, I was like, Caleb's gonna hate them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just yeah, boy howdy. I really hate ruggedly pacifist factions in basically anything yeah i've i've picked that up (laughs) i've I've pieced that together about you caleb it's like oh look peaceful aliens caleb's gonna hate this (laughs) (laughs) don't like one bit not that i'm against pacifism or anything but like being pacifist in the face of obvious extreme danger seems very silly yes we're gonna we're gonna try and convince our ruggedly dogmatic, uh, ancient ritualistic people that uh, hey, that's bad. That's not good actually, and we're gonna be friendly about it. That's not gonna work, bro. If we destroy the thing that they've been that they've been worshiping for centuries, then it'll be fine. They'll just be like, oh well, I guess we're done with that. Yeah, easy peasy. Nothing bad will happen once we destroy their idol. It'll be fine. Yeah, deep pro- deep programming like cultural religions, the easiest thing you can do actually. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Turns out all you needed to do to get rid of the church is just burn down all the churches. Yeah, you just kill God. Just kill God. Look, I've killed plenty of gods in all the JRPGs I've played over the years. It can't be that hard. You just have to get the ultima and get to level 99. All you need is the power of friendship and you're golden. <laughs> I have an- another Here's my third really big problem with this story. I have another really big problem about the destruction of the city, which we'll get to later. This episode's unfortunate because this is the part of it that I really like. I kind of love the idea of a sentient evil city. Yeah. And that's what the tentacles are. The tentacles are like its roots that are kind of like dug into the dug into the planet, like coming up out of out of the ground. Yeah, because like I love I love the kind of like cursed city vibe. I just wish we saw it. Yeah. Literally at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a letdown. I don't remember what this was. At one point, Captain was talking with the Daleks, and the Daleks, they, I forget I forget what they say, but I have the note of, that wasn't part of the deal. I am altering the deal. Pray I do not alter it further. But I don't remember what exactly it is the Dalek changed. Like, I think the Captain was like, our workers that we basically enslaved, not basically, the workers we enslaved are working as hard as they can, but they're collapsing. They're, they're being overworked, and the Dalek's like, hmm, interesting, make them work twice as hard? And again, this is just like the captain being reasonable. He's like, we're doing literally all we can. I'm not going to work these innocent people to death. And Dalek's like, I I don't understand your objection. <laughs> <laughs> and then... The Daleks just kind of like reiterate their plan of they're going to steal all of the perineum and put it on their ship. And 
not give any to the humans. And they're like, allow me to loudly explain our plan around the humans. Because, like, they do not seem to care at all that there's just, like, a human right over there as they're loudly explaining that they need to pack up all the perineum. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, just come on. Move, move a scooch. Come, be be self-aware enough to know that you're, you use your outside voice inside. Like, come on. Just a little bit. <laughs> But they do this every time. Like every time the dogs are being sneaky, they loudly explain their actual secret motive immediately, right next to the protagonist. We've established that Daleks are capable of sneaky, just in very short bursts. They can only <laughs> go so long before their plan has to devolve to knock the door down and shoot everything in sight. <laughs> Man, I love Power of the Daleks. <laughs> Power of the Daleks is so fucking good. <laughs> wow let's talk about a good dalek episode yeah let's do that let's talk about dalek invasion of earth remember remember <laughs> susan's departure that was really cool remember like the back half of the chase <sighs> and then the doctor just goes yeah, i had the same note you did he just goes full ancient alien <laughs> like these ancient runes are mysterious and no one seems to know these exact same runes were found on some ancient structures on Earth. After all, those ancient people wouldn't have been able to do all the stuff that uh, it seems like they would have. It makes sense that they would have alien influence. And I'm like, or... <laughs> or, or they just did the thing. <laughs> I think this is uh, right around the time that the book that kind of like made ancient aliens, I'm going to air quote, mainstream uh -huh. came out right around the time this episode would have it came out in like the 70s <laughs> i hate the ancient alien theory if you want to call it that i hate it i absolutely I mean, despise it i just wanted to go on that tiny little tangent of how much i fucking hate the ancient alien conspiracies let's continue watching about dr who <laughs> I was one of those cringe people who was into ancient aliens in high school. And then I learned um, basically anything. <laughs> then I read a second book and I was like, oh. <laughs> hey, come on. I, I, was, I was raised conservative. You, you were. I, I will, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You were, you were raised in a very Baptist household and everything that implies. <laughs> yep, sure it was. And then we get a moment of really uncomfortable affection. I'm not sure if you caught this. But uh, the Doctor and Sarah are about to split up. The Doctor is going to go destroy the city. And he needs Sarah to like get the perineum onto the human spaceship. And he's just... He's like talking as if he might not be coming back from this mission. And he's just talking to her like... If I, if I don't come back from this, I just want you to know... Ah, never mind. Because he like literally like brings his hand up to her cheek. And then just like walks away towards the city. And I'm like... Stop. No. Stop. Don't like it. Stop. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. You've known this girl for two days. <laughs> the episodes actually link pretty well together of what Sarah's, the ones Sarah has been in so far, because she went into, she went mm. into medieval times and then they immediately went to uh, modern times with the dinosaurs. And then he says, Hey, let's go to, Serana or whatever that alien planet is and then they were getting ready to go into Serana because she was like in her bathing suit and everything and they're actually on excellent they 
they've known each other for at most two days. One of those days, she was convinced he was the villain. Yeah, so, like, don't, don't push this. <laughs> don't push this <laughs> fucking Disney romance on me. They... <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the doctor being attracted to his companions at all. No. Because, like, John Pertwee's, like, he's he's an attractive man. Like, he's a bit of a silver fox. But, no. <laughs> no. No. Stop it. No, no, no. Take out the water bottle. Stop, stop it. I feel like, based off of what you told me, that's gonna get worse. See, the thing is, like, at least when it does happen, like, in, in New Who, the actors are closer in age together. But the characters have never been further apart, <laughs> further apart age-wise, because this is, like, the oldest the Doctor has been, even though he looks the youngest he's ever been. So, like, hell of an age gap, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, the Doctor and Bilal go over to the the city, and uh, they're trying to figure out, like, how to get into it, and trying to figure out the puzzle of the, of the, of the symbols. And then Daleks are coming up on them, and it feels like this was going to be the cliffhanger mm-hmm. like they're getting cornered by daleks and like oh no what are we gonna do and the fact that they just instantly get out of that problem by like oh this is the solution and then they open up the door and get in and then close the door behind them that is classic doctor who cliffhanger but we still have a little bit to go and it's really i think i read one one of the trivia of something like that but i don't think i actually wrote it down i th- i feel like that should have been the cliffhanger for this episode yeah Especially given considering the cliffhanger that they do end on. Mm-hmm. I really don't have many notes. I don't feel like a lot happens in this episode. It's hard to say anything happens in this story really at all. Yeah. Because like once they split, Sarah is just kind of in the worker camp. Yeah. And her and Jill do something. And then the Doctor and Bilal are just walking around. Her and Jill are working on getting the perineum onto the human spaceship and simultaneously trying to trick the daleks into thinking they've got the perineum but in order for that trick to work from an audience perspective they don't show any of it Mm -hmm. so like you think the daleks have won at the end but they actually haven't so as a result sarah's just kind of gone for the most for most of this story Mm -hmm. she finds jill at the camp and is just like i've got an idea and that's kind of the last we see of Sarah until the end of the story. <laughs> yep. The first room that they're in, though, because this the city is very disappointing in that it's it's like a a grade schooler's escape room. Yep. Literally, the first room they're in on the other side of the room, there's like a maze on the wall, and they just have to like point their finger along the maze and get to the end, and then the door opens, and that's really lame and simultaneously the daleks are like right behind them once they get through a room the daleks then come into that room and they have to deal with the quote-unquote puzzle and i'm genuinely curious to see how the fuck the daleks manage to get past this puzzle because it seems to require a finger (laughs) they've got their little aperture they've got their plunger i choose to believe they real quick just went back to um (laughs) <laughs> let's do another Futurama reference. They went back to the Dalek ship and then replaced the, the plunger with the thing longer from Futurama. And just <laughs> used that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, that's all I got for this part. Boy, howdy part four. We're wrapping it up. 
The trap is some sort of bizarre puzzle, which the Doctor easily figures out. The city is littered with them, each testing the two's mental abilities. The Doctor realizes this is a test to see if they are truly worthy to enter. After getting through the tests and into the main control room of the city, the Doctor gets to work. However, the sentient city produces two antibodies that stop him. Sarah and Jill sneak away from the camp and a Dalek kills itself over it? What the fuck? The two other crew members make it to the top of the beacon. They plant one bomb, but keep the other to use against the Daleks. Daleks arrive and haphazardly save the Doctor, and the conflict causes the city to begin to die and fall apart. That's made worse by the beacon exploding and restoring all the power. The Daleks reveal they caused the plague or something and plan on gassing the whole planet as soon as they leave. Galloway, the crew leader, who helped the Daleks the most, sneaks on board and uses the remaining bomb to blow up the ship. Together, Bilal, Sarah, and the Doctor watch the city melt before their eyes, and the Doctor seems sad that there's one less wonder in the universe. That's a lot to unpack with this fucking beginning with the city. Yeah, the city's really fucking lame because this puzzle that they're they're stuck at is just like a hopscotch kind of thing, where it's like there's there's white panels on the floor, and there's red panels, and it's just kind of like, don't touch the red ones, and you'll be fine. And so like they basically just do a quick hopscotch. And uh, they get across. And then the Daleks, then it shows the Daleks just like getting past the the maze door and going into the hallways. And I'm like, such a such a fucking missed opportunity. I wanted the Daleks to just like, if not cr- come up with their own creative way of getting past these puzzles, just absolutely fucking brute forcing their way through it. Like, they literally cannot do this maze puzzle. So they just fucking kool-aid man burst through the door (laughs) something (laughs) because that's kind of what they do with the hopscotch because they're like okay so this floor is electrified like okay i see the pattern on the floor they go across and then they're like electrocuted as they're crossing and then they're just kind of fine because the electric electrocution didn't kill them and it's like see that i wanted more of that i wanted more of the daleks just brute forcing their way through it because that would give more tension to the doctor and Bilal trying to solve the puzzles the correct way because the daleks are clearly gaining on them because they're not bothering with any of that childish bullshit Mm -hmm. and then it would have been really cool if like both of the both groups reached the center at the same time and then the antibodies were created but they only attacked the daleks because the daleks did not prove themselves worthy of being in the center like that would have been cool it's not what happens, but it would have been cool. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then the Doctor and Bilal kind of get to, like, the last test where they're just mentally assaulted. Yes. It's a epilepsy warning. Yeah, no. Holy shit, I had to, I had to look Literally, away. my note was, seizure warning. <laughs> <laughs> god damn, it was intense. No, I was like, oh god. Like, I know I'm more sensitive to it than you are, but I was like, even Caleb has to deal with this. Because, like, they're being, I don't even know what it is. They're just, like, being bombarded with psychic waves or some shit. And then the doctor just repeatedly, he does a mind robber thing. And he's like, no, it's not real. It's not real. I'm like, what's not real? The seizure? The seizure's very real. (laughs) But I very distinctly remember us going to see Scott Pilgrim vs. the World when it came out. And that intro screen kind of hit it. Yeah. And then I remember you having to, like, look down at the floor and that's what I had to do here, because it was worse than the Scott Pilgrimage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. And then they get to the center, 
And finally, they meet this guy that was sitting in the chair that was watching their progress all the time. Except they don't because he was actually dead. And then, like, when they brought in, like, a new air current, he just kind of, like, deflated and turned to dust on the chair. And I'm like, so what was that? What? Was that, like, a guy who was trapped? Was that the guy who invented the puzzles? Was that... Did the city need, like, a dead bot? Like, I was expecting one of them to, like, feel compelled to sit in the chair. And now, like, the city speaks through them. And they're like, ah, we haven't had a voice in so long. Because their last body expired. Something. No, nothing. He just, like, turns to dust. And then later... The antibodies are, like, attacking them, and literally one of the antibodies just, like, smacks the chair out of the way. And, like, so that really was just nothing. Not a goddamn thing. You wasted paper writing those, <laughs> writing that down <laughs> in the script. And then they go over and there's, like, these all the like, tentacle doodads, and uh, the doctor's like, well, I'm mean, gonna get to work destroying the city, and... Uh, Bilal's like, ah, but, like, the city resists any any chance to destroy it. And, like, the doctor pulls out, like, a motherboard or something and starts, like, fiddling with it. I was like, just break shit. Just start, look at those wires. Just start unplugging it. Here is my other problem with, my, my, this is my third big problem with uh, the this story. What is the doctor trying to accomplish right now? He's trying to destroy the city. Mm-hmm. What are the Daleks trying to accomplish right now? They're trying to destroy the city. This could have been the moment of, like, the Doctor and Daleks working together because they have a common goal. It's like, trying to work their ways through the puzzles. And it just... It didn't make any sense because, like, why... Why are we focusing on the Doctor going through the city if the Daleks are already going to be doing that? It, it just... Yeah. They have the exact same goal, but they keep fighting each other, even though they established a truce... In the first episode, but I guess not. It was frustrating. It feels like you got all the pieces there. You just kind of got to line them up a little bit. And then we can make this puzzle actually make a picture. Yeah. Well, because like the, the city starts like materializing these like antibodies. Yeah. And the doctor's like, oh, I got I to gotta finish fiddling around with stuff before before things go wrong. And then the Daleks show up and just break everything. And that's what causes the city to die. Yeah. And I was like, why did the doctor do that? Look at that big glass thing. Just break that thing. Yeah. That's probably important. Yeah, it was it was really weird. Not quite as weird as the Dalek killing itself over losing oh, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Jill was like being held captive because I don't know why. The humans were already working with them. I don't know why they felt it necessary to capture Jill. Anyway... Like, had Jill captive, but Sarah had managed to rescue her, and they had, like, (laughs) basically put down the equivalent of just, like, a bunch of pillows underneath a blanket to make it look like Jill was still there kind of deal. And then the Dalek realizes that Jill's not there, and he's like, The prisoner has escaped! I have failed! The prisoner has escaped! I have failed! I have failed! And he self-destructs. And I'm like, do you self-destruct every time you fail? Because that should have been happening a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot This is more. the first time we've ever seen the Daleks self-destruct at all, let alone self-destruct when they fail. They're failing constantly. So, <laughs> And again, 
if you can self-destruct, why didn't that Dalek from earlier kamikaze the, the fucking enemies? <laughs> Whatever. It's dumb. Whatever. Yeah. And then what what had happened was Sarah and Jill had filled up a bunch of empty bags with sand so that the Daleks think that they have a bunch of perineum on board. And like they, they say that they're going to send down a, uh, a chemical warfare missile to kill everybody on the planet. But one of the humans still had one of the charges, like kept one of the charges secret from uh, the Daleks when the Daleks gave them the charges to blow up the beacon of the city, even though there were Daleks inside the city planning on blowing it up, whatever. Then the captain stays on board the the Dalek ship like he he um, uh, stows away on the on the Dalek ship and sacrifices his own life to destroy the Daleks to keep them from killing all of his, all of his crew and then the fucking humans are just like well I guess he did have a heart after all I'm like you're a fucking asshole what is wrong with you <laughs> This guy yeah. has been the hero of the story this entire time, and I hate that you're trying to convince me otherwise. Yeah. Because <laughs> what did the other humans do? They stood around and were like, oh, gosh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if we're, we should work with the Daleks. They're really mean. Yeah, they're, they're like a couple of instances where, like, one of the soldiers was, like, shot down by arrows. And I think it was the captain... Like, Jill kept wanting to go rescue him, and the captain was like, no, he's dead. Like, he's dead. We need to get out of here. And he's, like, she's like, we can't just leave him. It's like, there's no point. Come on. Like, acting as if that was... You should have gone back to rescue the dead body and also get shot with arrows while trying to carry around a dead body. Like, that's what that's what a good a good person would do, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm having difficulty coming up with uh, examples of how this episode tries to make him look like the bad guy, because he's not the bad guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually just perfectly reasonable. Then the ending of this episode is just them looking at the city melting, and then uh, roll credits. Yep. Boy, howdy. What a Weird journey. fucking episode. Cause not, yeah. not even like a... Sarah like turning to the doctor and be like, "Can we go to the beach now?" Like n- like nothing. It was just like, "Well, the city is done." Fucking bizarre ending. Yeah, bizarre ending to a very weird episode. Yeah, I'm looking at my rankings again. I'm keeping it where it is because the one directly below it is Frontier in Space, and I was like, "Nah, Frontier in Space is worse." Well, there it is. So it, it still remains smack dab in the middle of my of my ranking. This episode will probably be jettisoned from my memory the moment we're done recording this. Straight up, Caleb, like, I'm looking at my ranking list right now, and I'm like, what? What did happen in, in Day of the Daleks? Like, there's, there's so many episodes where I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I remember a, a couple of scenes from that one <laughs> like there's several episodes that just kind of like blend in together i'm like the sea devils that's the one when the doctor works with unit and has to fight the master right yeah yeah, yeah. i remember that one <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that in depth if and when we ever get to the doctors out for the third doctor. <laughs> if and when, implying that after this episode, just like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> More of, uh, God, is the fucking third doctor ever going to end? Holy shit. And then the fourth doctor's apparently even longer. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the fourth doctor being the around. The fourth doctor is, by a wide margin, the longest doctor at least he has variety. <laughs> He's not yeah. stuck with unit like the third doctor was. Should I go on to trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, you were 100% correct at the beginning of this story. The script did not originally feature the Daleks. <laughs> but they were like, no, Daleks bring in viewers. Put in the... Terranation, you're the Dalek guy. Put in the Daleks. And Terranation's like, but I didn't want to... <sighs> Fine. <laughs> so, so he put Daleks into this episode that... He had no intention of having Daleks be in. And then uh, the director, Michael Bryant, said that this was the least interesting story he had ever worked on. Let's let, let's see if we agree with him. Because he, he has directed three episodes before this. He directed Colony in Space, The Sea Devils, and The Green Death. I have to agree with him. I, I don't know if I do, because genuinely The Sea Devils is kind of like a weird blank spot in my brain. Just like... I think that one's the epitome of unit and master. At least the sea devils had pew pew moments. I distinctly remember parts where like sea devils and people shot each other. I'm actually looking at my ranking right now and both the sea devils and colony in space are lower in my ranking than death to the Daleks is. Also, I know that this episode, this is total nitpick. I know. I know that this episode ends with a whole bunch of Daleks dying, but I was kind of hoping that an episode called Death to the Daleks would be a little bit more Dalek genocide-y instead of yeah, like... Yeah, more genocide. Instead of just this squad got blown up. I don't know. It feels like we could have come up with a better name. I don't know what we'd call Disease of the Daleks. Um, uh... Alliance of the Daleks. That would be a good one of like, ooh, they, they're working together with the Daleks. That's something. They they barely do, but... Something. Some I don't know. Death to the Daleks just seems more final of, of a title than it actually was. Uh, final thoughts? Eh. Mm. Eh. I like it even less after talking about it. Yeah. Like, I like it less than I, I did after talking about it, but also I'm not changing my ranking. It's still just middle. Middle of the list. Yeah, very disappointing for a four-parter, because usually the four-parters are tolerable. Yeah, also very disappointing for Terry Nation, because Terry Nation usually mm-hmm. writes good stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely the second worst Terry Nation episode. Yes. Yes, I'd agree. And there's just, like, a whole lot of either missed opportunities or repetition of just, like, mm-hmm. oh, the Doctor and Daleks are working together. No. Oh, this uh, captain is apparently going to be fucking... <sighs> is a selfish glory hog, even though he sacrifices his life in order to save his men so that they'll be able to save all of humanity. What an asshole. And also, why was the the, the doctor's infiltration of the city trying to accomplish the exact same thing that the Daleks do, but quicker and more efficiently? It, it's just, is fucking weird. The, Sarah in this story just felt more like a, a gopher messenger than anything else. When she's not being mm-hmm. captured, she's just going to go talk to someone to like give them a message and like any sort of like planning and agency that she has in the story is done off screen yep it's kind of lame it's kind of very lame i think the best 
episode of this story is the first episode, which is a fucking mess. Yeah, that's that's a shame because it's literally them walking around for the most part. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Quick Trip Podcast. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, Mac the Meh, where they do insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we revisit an old favorite planet, or at least an old favorite for me, maybe not so much for Caleb, in The Monster of Peladon. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> voice really well (laughs) thank you this episode sponsored by chat gpt this episode is sponsored by raid shadow legends (laughs) dude listen i'm taking that raid money (laughs) genuinely though like anytime there is a youtube video that's sponsored by raid shadow legends i am waiting for the punchline And then I'm like, oh, no, they're actually sponsored by Rage Shadow Legends.